0: Hello, Um, how are you? I am back. This is Pamela and I would like to say hello and uh, share with you my thoughts on a whole different topic and this time it's on a public date. I want to thank you for um, taking time to listen to my thoughts and as usual I will be grateful to get your feedback because um, it's important that we continue to share ideas and thoughts on what we think um, can lead to the transformation of our country. I hope you've all been well and I pray that Almighty Father may continue to sustain us in these trying times. So the topic again, this time round, is on the state of Uganda's public date. And I'll begin myself uh, now with addressing the issue of what is public debt. So, public date, also sometimes referred to as national date or sovereign date is the total amount of money that a sovereign country owes lenders. And this is also referred to as creditors, both within the country and outside at a given point in time. Now, public debt can be short term, that is one year or less. It can also be median term, that is more than one year, but less than 10 years or it could be long term which is usually more than 10 years but generally short-term loans are com- considered to be more expensive than medium or long-term loans now governments can contract loans uh, based on uh, concessional or non-concessional terms and here um, for concessional loans i mean loans that are issued at interest rates that are below those available in the market or that are offering longer grace uh, grace periods concessional loans may also include a grant element now non concessional loans on the other hand are provided at uh, market uh, rates or market terms and Another element uh, that you may need or we may need to be aware of is that governments can also guarantee loans issued by creditors, subnational governments, um, state enterprises or private corporates as long as those loans are in the country's long-term uh, development interest. So I have very briefly tried to share what I understand and, and considered to be uh, and is defined as public debt and I hope that we are starting off on the same um, premise sorry. So, what constitutes public debt then in Uganda? In my thinking and knowledge and understanding of this topic, um, Uganda's public debt comprises of both domestic debt and external or foreign debt. Now, domestic date comprises of both treasury bills and treasury bonds. And treasury bills normally have maturities of 12 months or less, while treasury bonds have maturities of more than one year. Now, Uganda's external foreign date holders are normally normally categorized into three. We have multilateral creditors, bilateral creditors and private banks. The multilateral creditors majorly include the World Bank and the African Development Bank. Bilateral creditors, on the other hand, include the Paris Club members, um, who are majorly the Exim Bank of South Korea, France, Germany, Japan, and many others. While the non Paris Club members include mainly China, but there are also other smaller creditors. Um, categorized under here. Now, private banks here include mainly um, the PTA and um, Standard Chartered. So how big is Uganda's public debt? As of 31st December 2020, the total public debt stock stood at US dollar's 17.96 billion, which is an increase of 35% from US dollars 13.49 billion as at 31st December 2019, and 17% in 2019 from US dollars 11.52 billion as at 31st December 2018. So external date accounted for approximately 65% while domestic date was at 35%. The nominal date to GDP ratio as of December 2020 stood at 47.2% compared to 38.0 as at December 2019. And this is projected to reach a high of 51.9% in the financial year 2021-2022 before gradually declining to 47.4% in financial year 2025-2026 of course on account of increased domestic revenue mobilization. So in effect as of 31st December 2019, multilateral creditors held 64% of Uganda's public debt while bilateral creditors and private banks held 35 percent and one percent respectively so those are the numbers and figures regarding our date but where does the country invest its borrowed funds and this to me is the crux of the matter now most of our loans acquired are concentrated in mainly five sectors And this is in order of their magnitude. The biggest sector or subsector that um, utilizes much of our borrowed money is works and transport and mainly oil-related infrastructure, but also upgrading roads under GKMA, the Greater Kampala Metropolitan Area. The other area that takes much of our Um, borrowed funds is public sector management and this includes northern Uganda development but also Kampala infrastructure. The other third area that takes much of our date is energy and mineral development and this is mostly rural electrification plus the accompanying grid extension as well as the oil and gas infrastructure. The fourth area where we invest our borrowed money is health particularly health system strengthening for hiv aids and finally the fifth um, area broadly is water and environment this is extension and, and 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 wash networks so projects in these five sectors have actually consumed more than 70 percent of all our external resources mobilized in 2019, 2020, and about 76% of the total external resource disbursements in financial year 2020, 2021. And this trend is guided by the need for government to heavily invest in infrastructure, to spur industrialization, promote trade, and develop water infrastructure, which are all very, very crucial enable us to transform as a country. But it's also perhaps important to note that the percentage of external loans that were actually dispersed in financial 2019-2020 compared to that which were approved and included in the budget was only 20%. So the stock of undisbursed date was at 31st December 2019 stood at us dollars four point approximately five 4.5 billion indicating an increase of 9.9 percent compared to four approximately four billion as at 31st december 20 um 18. so Evidently, we have a challenge of undisbursed debt stock and this can be attributed to, um, on the one hand, the new loan agreements that were approved by parliament and signed but had not fulfilled the conditions required for disbursement. The other is delays in procurement processes which tie up large sums of funds especially for projects with large infrastructure components, plus issues related to land compensation and acquisition of land for public investments. And the third factor really um, that affects our known disbursement of loans is that projects that um, did not request for disbursement um, due to the fact that the quality of projects for which loans were sought and approved was poor but also that some projects were not ready for implementation. And this is one element that we identified in our um, evaluation of um, NDP 1 and 2 and points to a sign um, of weak government uh, project implementation capacity. But this is now being addressed by strengthening um the process for approval of loans to ensure that um, these are well prepared and that the feasibilities are very clear and that by the time the country acquires a loan, we are well prepared. Now the World Bank, China, and the African Development Bank hold the largest share of undisbursed stock with 34%, 14% and 11% respectively. Like I said, um, government is working expeditiously to ensure that this issue is addressed. So I think the biggest issue for me is to try and answer the question whether Uganda's date is still sustainable. And I think this has been um, a question uh, posed to me in a number of fora. And this particular podcast is aimed at trying um, to answer this question. Now, Uganda's public debt stock has been growing over time. Between financial year 14 and 15 and financial year 19 and 20, public debt growth averaged 8.6%, while the GDP growth averaged 4.9 percent between financial year 2019 20 and financial year 2020 2021, public debt grew by 35 percent while the economy grew by only just 2.9 percent. Now, this disparity is what is raising a lot of concern uh, regarding Uganda's debt sustainability. In addition, Uganda's weak domestic revenue performance, further negatively impacted by COVID 19 of course is raising concerns on the country's ability to service its debt further because here about 34 percent of the total resources in the financial year 2021-2022 budget will go to debt servicing and that's a huge percentage so the debt service to revenue ratio rose to 40 percent financial year 1920 this means that 40% of the total domestic revenue collections in financial year 2019 2020 was used only to service public debt and this ratio is beginning to exceed some of the numbers that we have seen in countries with similar economic metrics now top on the list of concerns regarding public debt sustainability is a short-term nature and high cost of domestic loans. And this is where, you know, as government, we certainly will have to (coughs) find a way of acting better. For instance, of the projected Uganda shillings, five trillion that will be paid as total interest in financial year 2021-2022, the domestic interest payments will account for 78 percent, or approximately Uganda shillings 3.8 billion. In addition, the slow growth of exports compared to the growth of external debt is raising concerns about Uganda's debt becoming unsustainable. For instance, between financial year 1920 and 2021, external debt grew by 35 percent, while exports grew by only 4.6 percent. Now, I must stress that while it's okay to borrow, doing so sustainably requires that the rate of growth of the economy, exports, as well as that of domestic revenue collections exceeds that of public debt. So we need to get our balance right. And that is why the country's ability to service its debt uh, may not be const- um, will not be constrained but IMF still rates Uganda's debt as sustainable and this is so because of two broad factors one relatively strong fiscal and monetary policies and institutions that we have coupled with high foreign exchange reserves but also the dominance of a highly concessional of the dominance of a highly concessional loans within the public debt uh, portfolio we have been able to negotiate <coughs> concessional loans and this puts us at a fairly good uh, uh, positioning. So now, I really would like to focus on the what kind of returns has the country generated from the public debt that it has incurred so far, which will give us a picture of whether we've really utilised our um, borrowed monies effectively. So over the last five years, the budget has significantly grown, partly due to the growth in public debt. Over this period, the recurrent budget has grown at an average of 17% and development budget at an average of 22%. However, significant growth in budget expenditure has not spurred similar uh, effects in the economy, which has only grown at an average of 5% per annum. Regardless and despite this moderate economic growth I want to argue that there's been significant expansion in access to energy, to transport, to education, health and to wash infrastructure. Because the country's electricity generation capacity has increased to 1,274 megawatts from about Palati 600 megawatts in just 10 years, and this is projected to increase to more than 18,000 megawatts when Karuma and the other mini hydro power stations are completed. This is no mean achievement. Consequently, the population will access. The population with access to the national grid has increased to 24 percent. From 11% in 2010. In addition, UNRA has been tarmacking about 400 kilometers of roads annually, and this is really um, good and marked progress. And currently, the percentage of paved national roads in fairly to good condition stands at 94%. Um, while um, the percentage of unpaved roads is at 76 percent and the district roads is 73 percent so there has really been a lot of benefits and positive impacts in in terms of um, the utilization of our borrowed monies now in keeping with government policy of one primary school per parish one safe water point per village one village health team per village as well as similar decentralized service provision for specialized health services and advanced education service delivery have all been um, put in place as a result of these borrowed monies and government has also sustainably invested in the construction and renovation of referral hospitals and secondary schools and as a result literacy levels and life expectancy have really improved so i don't think that um, one should really um, critique in a way the fact that as a country we have borrowed to improve ourselves because there is evidence to show that as a country we've benefited greatly um, from these borrowed monies So the question then remains, should the country borrow domestically or externally? And this is where I want to focus my discussion now. Increase in domestic and foreign debt, of course, impacts the economy differently. Domestic debt, which is incurred by government through borrowing from the local credit markets, has the potential of increasing the interest rates on loans and making the private sector Unattractive for lenders given the extremely low risk of default by government as a borrower. On the other hand, external date is dominated, denominated in foreign currency. And as of 31st December 2019, 43% of public debt was denominated in SDR, a basket comprising of US dollars, euros. Um, Chinese um, yen and the Japanese yen, and 35 percent was dominated in US dollars. Now this means that repayment of foreign debt in foreign currency leads to reduction in the resources available for importation, for the importation of raw materials or, or intermediate goods needed to increase exports, as well as reduction in the importation of essential health supplies and education uh, materials to improve people's welfare. So we really um, need to address um, this issue of deciding um, whether to borrow domestically or externally. Therefore the decision whether to borrow domestically or externally will depend on a number of factors. For instance, the export revenue performance, domestic revenue collection, the country's credit rating, the rate of return of the projects for which money is being borrowed, among other issues. But for Uganda, really, new borrowing should be limited, in my view, uh, to external and concessional long-term loans, given that domestic debt is really crowding our private sector and constraining economic growth. And this is becoming even problematic now with the uh, effects of the pandemic. So what lessons do we learn from Uganda's debt management so far? I think from my um, analysis, we can draw a couple of conclusions and draw some lessons. One is that domestic revenue has not grown in tandem with growth of the economy. Now, while the economy has an average... has an average grown by 5% over the last five years, domestic revenue generation has stagnated around 12% of GDP. And this, in my view, is constraining the capacity of the economy to contract and service higher levels of public debt. And two... Due to favorable terms of current debt stock, that is the long-term nature and sequencing, uh, good sequencing of our loans, I think Uganda's external debt is still sustainable, and uh, this is what the you know economists tell us. However, the economic and export growth potential of any additional borrowing should be the driver of any new borrowing decision, in my view. Let us try to ensure that we focus on growing our economy and improving our export growth potential so that these can form the basis um, of our appetite for borrowing. And three, due to its commercial and short-term nature, coupled with the potential to increase interest rates, increasing domestic borrowing is undesirable at this stage. I think we need to drastically reduce our appetite for loans much as the ones that we have acquired thus far we have utilized fairly well and there is a lot of evidence as I shared uh, previously to show that uh, our society has transformed now governments project design and implementation capacity has been weak and I think the efforts that have been put in place need to be strengthened to ensure that we negotiate better but also implement our projects much more efficiently and timely so as i draw towards my conclusion what are the lessons learned so far and one is that there is increasing government revenue or increasing government revenue is key to maintaining and strengthening uganda's debt sustainability This would require fast tracking, implementation of a domestic revenue mobilization strategy that's been developed by the Ministry of Finance, but also prioritizing export promotion. We need to grow our exports, and this is why our strategy for industrialization is critical to ensure we implement in the next couple of years. In particular, there is need to carry out uh, a number of tax reforms to lower the tax rates, but also widen the tax base and strengthen tax administration. And I want to commend you and uh, Uganda Revenue Authority that is working tirelessly to address this issue. The need to build and strengthen government's project design and implementation capacity is something I want to re-emphasize because this is very, very crucial in order to increase on the one hand project readiness before starting loan negotiations but also the return on investment ROI for projects that are implemented using broad funds. We must make sure that this is um, clear and favorable. But also the effectiveness and efficiency of project implementation is key. We must ensure efficiency in project implementation, and this should be a concern of every Ugandan And finally, there is a need to develop alternative financing mechanisms to substitute public debt acquisition. And in this regard, I think government needs to fast track the financing strategy that targets innovative financing mechanisms beyond tax and debt. And in particular, we have raised this um, clearly and articulated it in our NDP3 let us work together to look at how we can utilize the spora bonds infrastructure bonds and climate financing as f- more feasible options to fund our development so in conclusion i want to say and um, share my thinking that at the current debt levels Based on the analysis I've just shared with you, Uganda, in my view, can continue to borrow and finance economic recovery and export growth enhancing expenditures. However, and let me repeat myself, however, this should be done taking into account the conclusion and the lessons learned which I have articulated above. I thank you and God bless you immensely.